Well, first he was, then he wasn't, but we all knew he was, and sure enough, he is. There you go. Tom Brady calling it a career, which we all knew. We do, I think people just wanted to beat up on Adam Schefter and Darlington and Ian Rappaport because of the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. See, you're wrong again. They were never wrong to begin with. But Brady uh, calling it a career. Going to retire 22 seasons in the NFL. 22 seasons in the NFL. Now the argument begins, is he the greatest of all time? Well, certainly when it comes to rings. Um, I, but I, here's the question. And Ben Kenny, producing the show, let me ask you this. What defines the greatest player of all time in any sport? Prolonged success. Prolonged top-of-the-level success okay. and winning. Okay. I can go with that. I also think it's different for different sports. Right? Like for football, right. which is the ultimate team game, I, I think leadership plays in more than it may go. for other sports. There you go. I don't know. I think it's a full package. See, I I agree with you. I think it's the total package, and I think it's ultimately the resp- results. I think it's what position you play. Uh, basketball, it's easier because it's five guys in the court, and you can literally throw the team on your back and carry them. You can You can do it all. Jordan did it. We've seen Giannis do it. We've seen other great players along the way do it. So that, I mean, LeBron has done it, obviously. So where LeBron goes, success goes. We've seen that. But you do need some help. But ultimately, there's the straw that stirs the drink. Uh, Brady, he extended his legacy tremendously by winning the Super Bowl last year when he went off to uh, Tampa Bay and, and was able to do it there as well. And then when you hear the stories about Brady... And what he did behind the scenes, not just in playing the position and playing it at a very high level and still at his age, keeping himself in incredible shape and still at his age, leading in many statistical categories or top five in many of them at his position and doing that continuously throughout his career, that leads you to greatness. You don't have to be the best every year, but if you're in the top five or top three every year and others come and go, then you have sustained success. So you throw in the leadership. You throw in the most important position. You throw in the knowledge. You throw in the physicality that it takes. You throw in the fact that you are dedicated both on and off the field in the offseason specifically and getting yourself ready to play the game. And then you listen to the leadership quality of what he does, hell yeah, that makes him the greatest of all time. Now, you can go back and say like a guy like Jim Brown. Jim Brown's shorter career, but what he did in his career was amazing, but the championships weren't there. He doesn't have that same level of of championship caliber. Uh, Jerry Rice, you can look at. Um, you, you know, you can obviously say Joe Montana. You can go in that area. So, uh, you know, all of those things you can you can look at and say, yeah, these guys were the greatest, and and there's certainly there's this top five echelon. But I think when you talk about the best of all time, in doing it in all of the categories, checking all the boxes, you'd probably have to say Brady. I don't know how much more of an argument you can make for other players. You could say the greatest tackle of all time is, say, Anthony Munoz. The greatest receiver of all time would be Jerry Rice. The greatest quarterback would be Tom Brady. The greatest defender would be Lawrence Taylor. You know, you can go through all of that, you know, 
Ronnie Lott would probably be up there with one of the best safeties of all time. You know, you can go through all of that, but the greatest player, the greatest leader of men, um, you'd probably say Tom Brady. I also think you know? there's something there about redefining your sport. And, I mean, he changed how we see age and how players age and how they approach their actual career. Same thing with, like, Steph Curry in basketball. He's not right. the greatest ever, but he is. He has changed how the game is played. Right. Yeah, I. I uh... Tom Brady has seven rings. Nobody talks about Charles Haley. Charles Haley was a linebacker. Played for San Francisco. Played for the Cowboys. Has five rings. I mean, we've interviewed we've interviewed him numerous times on Radio Row. I mean, Charles Haley is was the epitome of being a part of, ch- of championships and being a leader on uh, on defense. Nobody talks about that. Um, who else uh, is a decorated? I mean, we talked about Joe Montana, uh, Ronnie Lott, who I had mentioned, Terry Bradshaw. Do we think about Terry Bradshaw having that much success? I mean, he was obviously played the most important position, although back then it was more of a running game with Franco Harrison coming. Rocky Blyer. Same thing. Rocky Blyer's another guy. He's got four rings. And he took he he was blown up in Vietnam and still came back and played. You know, so you can look at all of those guys. Now, some of these guys got them all together. I get it. But you know, mean Joe Green. Go back to the uh the steel curtain defense. Mike says, Are we sure this time? Brady says that his retirement is day to day. You know, his retirement is day to day. Think he come back, comes back and, and plays? I doubt it because that team is going to look different next year. And for all intents and purposes, he probably doesn't want to be a part of any kind of a rebuild either. Now, here's the thing, and, and this is the next question to ask, but look, if Brady is truly day to day, he cannot leave Gronk hanging out there because Gronk doesn't want to play without him. So you would assume Gronk is going to retire. And you talk about a guy that also, I mean, Hernandez, you can look at uh, different players that were big, that were strong, that were, you know, changing uh, when it came to certain positions. Uh, Tony Gonzalez, you know, when it comes to the tight end position, Dwight Clark, go back to that. So there's there's a lot there's a lot of guys that change those positions. Uh, Sam says Brady screwed the Bucks, leaving them with 32 million in dead cap over the next couple of years. Well, we knew that was coming, though. We assumed that was coming, and I don't think anybody in Tampa Bay would look at it as he screwed them. But. In the game of football, now you can go back. I mean, I know people bring up Bart Starr. Bart Starr had numerous championships. His career was shorter. Uh, the combination of Bart Starr and, and, and uh, Vince Lombardi, we've talked about you know so much because Bill Belichick and Tom Brady were the modern-day Lombardi and Starr, without a doubt, and the amount of championships they won. I mean, there was years where didn't Tom Brady go about eight, nine, ten years in between championships at one point? So it wasn't if he as if he was the champion every year. You know, twenty two years played in the league, seven championships. It's a lot of losing. That's a lot of losing in there. 
not getting to championships. Now, he'd been to, I think, 10 Super Bowls. So he'd been to 10 of them. So uh, still, though, 12 years in which he wasn't in a Super Bowl. A lot of playoffs, but not very often. And, and Belichick obviously has accomplished a lot. When he won 11 games with Matt Castle, um, and this year with Mac Jones, what he did this year, and coaching Mac Jones was pretty fantastic. But the greatest, the greatest player, I think I'd have to. Pro- I I don't think you could argue too much with that. We can get into semantics about what it is that you make your list of champions or best or greatest of goat, whatever you want to call it. What makes the greatest of all time? You know, we still look at Hank Aaron as the greatest of all time. He didn't do it with any enhancement that we know of. You know, we know Bonds blew up. We know McGuire blew up. We know Sosa blew up. We know these power hitters blew up. We know the era that they were playing in. Um, And Henry Aaron certainly didn't look like he was on steroids. So we all consider certain things the greatest of all time. But when it comes to Brady, I mean, you know, I think you, uh, you know, we may say Aaron Rodgers, and I say this pretty staunchly, when you look at statistically as far as just playing the physicality of the spot, of the quarterback position, I think I, I think the smoothest, strongest arm, flick of a wrist, matrix reader, I think the best to ever play the game is Aaron Rodgers. Just, and I've seen a lot of quarterback play in my day. The, the grittiness was probably Favre. Some of the other smarts was certainly Peyton Manning for what he's accumulated and accomplished. But just the overall, the the totality of the position and the results thereof is Brady. Brady is, and, and Brady, where Brady wins over Rodgers is the leadership factor. When you hear about everything that Brady does behind the scenes, with his guys, for his guys, to not just offensive guys, but defensive guys, and and the way he kind of guides guys behind the scenes. I you don't hear a lot about that with you hear friendships with Rogers, but you don't hear about big game stuff with Rogers. You don't hear Marquez Valdez Scantling saying, Hey, I got a call last night at ten thirty from Aaron Rodgers saying, hey, let's do this, let's do that. You don't hear – the only time we ever heard about Rodgers doing anything over and above was when he used to sit down on Fridays and Saturdays with uh, Jermichael Finley because they were just so far apart in mentality. So I, I just – I look at uh, I, I look at Brady, and, and that's where he goes head and shoulders above others. Uh, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. We got a lot to get to today. Well, obviously Brady, pretty much making it official today, and uh, so we'll get into that discussion. And then Devontae Adams wants what? Uh I think at this point you would probably have to say that, yeah. Um, Devontae Adams is going to be gone unless they decide to kick that down the that can down the road when the TV money and the salary cap goes up substantially not next season but the season after and then after that I would probably guess if Devontae Adams is truly looking for 30 million a year I would have to think that 
yeah, he's probably played his last snap in Green Bay. Now, maybe it, you don't do it a lot, but maybe there's a sign-and-trade there, but I kind of doubt it. I, I don't know, other than bad teams, some bad teams, I shouldn't say all bad teams, but other than some bad teams that are around, Jacksonville being one of them, maybe you sign him, you put him alongside um, Trevor Lawrence, make Trevor Lawrence great. You know, maybe you look in that direction. The Dolphins have about the most. and um, The Cincinnati Bengals have $56 bucks. There's the Jets, the Broncos, the Colts, Seahawks, Steelers on down the road. Uh, the Eagles have $13 million above. But, uh, but yeah, the, the, the Dolphins have a lot of cap space. The Jaguars, the Jaguars, depending on which way you look at it, they're probably sitting at about $60 million. 58 is what, the average of what they say. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, there's no, if he wants $30 million, I almost fell out of my chair when I heard that. $30 million a year. I thought, there's no way. There's no way. You you can't you can't pay that. Uh 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. Hit us up. Hit us up. Well, those of you that are on the feed, the Bud Light live stream, you get that. But uh over the air it does not. There you have it. Uh, let's do this. We're gonna go ahead and take a quick break. It's one of those things that just slips every now and then, you know? Just falls out of your head. It is what it is. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show now. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. With us, final hour of the Bill Michael Show. Hopefully, you're having a, a terrific day today, even though you're still probably licking the wounds a little bit over the fact that the Green Bay Packers are not in this year's Super Bowl. But uh, today is an interesting day in so many different realms. Uh, you've got uh, Marie Strait, the special teams coach of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we're waiting for the official world word, but sources say he has been let go by the Packers. Uh, the offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, off to Denver. You've got uh, Luke Getze, the quarterback's coach, off to Chicago. And their general manager down there says they're ready to take the north over and not give it back. <coughs> Excuse me. Everybody's aiming for the Packers. You've got Caleb Williams, the prospect that we thought might come to Wisconsin. He has chosen USC. And you also have Tom Brady announcing his retirement after 22 years. Joining us uh, now, Zach Cox, NESN, the New England Sports Network, uh, joining us on the hotline. Zach, how you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about, uh, first of all, Brady and uh, his career, but more so even life after Brady in New England now. Yeah, obviously it's a, a career that we have never seen before and will probably never see again, um, just with the the – really insane level of of longevity and success that he was able to have uh, i was i was writing a story about him earlier and it it dawned on me that he was 
he won a Super Bowl in his first season as a starter and his 20th season as a starter. And in his 21st season as a starter, he was a legitimate MVP candidate, even though he'll probably end up losing that to uh, to Aaron Rodgers. It's, it was just a run of success that I personally don't think we'll ever see again uh, at the NFL level. The, somebody who had this much prolonged success over, over this long of a time. We, everybody talks about what's the greatest, who's the greatest, the greatest football player, the greatest quarterback, the greatest ever. What is the criteria in your mind for being the greatest ever to don a uniform in the National Football League? I think it has to, to go back to overall success. I mean, it's so hard to to measure talent against talent. I know there's been a lot of people over the years who have said, Aaron Rodgers and then Patrick Mahomes and even a couple of other quarterbacks may have been more physically talented than Tom Brady had more kind of quarterbacking talent. Uh, But just none of those guys have come close to matching what Tom Brady has been able to do from a success standpoint with the, the seven Super Bowl titles playing in 10 Super Bowls. Uh, There was only six seasons. Uh, He started 20 seasons, only six of them. He failed to reach the conference championship round just, Uh, Obviously, some of that goes back to his team as well and and Bill Belichick, of course. But just the fact that he was able to sustain that for so long, uh, I think that's just something that's been been unmatched. And I have a a hard time seeing anybody uh, equal that going forward. What? Because I go back to the story of Ndamukong Sue last year, talking about Tom calling guys before the game, saying this is what you want to focus on, this is what your head should be. This, it, to me, it's it's not just about playing the game and playing it at a high level. It's about the leadership capability and what, what goes beyond just the X's and O's on the field. How much of that was something that just was kind of garnered over time playing in New England, or was this something that was always a staple of Tom Brady? It was definitely a a progression in that sense because you you look back at those early Super Bowls, 2001, 2003, 2004. Those weren't teams that were that had explosive offenses that were kind of built on Tom Brady throwing for 450 yards and scoring 40 points every game. Those were defense focused teams that that were really kind of didn't ask Tom Brady to to do all that much. I mean, especially back in 2001, the first one that he won. And then you saw over the years just the way that this, the the Patriots organization and and then the Bucks over these last couple of years have just evolved, and, and how Tom Brady has evolved with him, uh, with the teams rather. Uh, I think that's been one of the uh, the more impressive aspects of his career that he's been able to win with so many different teammates and so many different kind of styles of offense and styles of play, um, and the success that are always remained the same. So that was a. Uh, uh, certainly something that that was really a hallmark of his career I, uh, I I look at Brady and not only the success that he's had but the way he's also handled adversity he handled I, I mean we talk so much about Bill Belichick and he proved that he can win without Bill Belichick but how much did Belichick have in Tom Brady's kind of molding and shaping and moving him forward to become what he is uh, I think it was a gigantic impact i mean brady has even acknowledged it he said that he would not be the quarterback that he is and he would not have nearly the success that he's had if he was not paired with bill belichick to start his career now who knows it's it's an unanswerable question whether if he had gotten drafted by the arizona cardinals whether he would have had anywhere remotely close to to the level of success that he's had but uh, i think it was a 
really kind of a fortuitous pairing for, for both of those to come together uh, because I also think Belichick, and, and he's acknowledged this as well, he would not have had nearly as much success if he wasn't matched up with Tom Brady. So uh, it was really uh, – I don't get too much into the the who deserves more credit, Bel- Belichick or Brady conversation, because uh, I think that's kind of a uh, I don't know it's it's an annoying thing that uh, that continues to crop up around New England, and I don't think there's any real answer. Um, but yeah, they've certainly helped each other tremendously um, to become what they are today. What uh, if you got a story or two? What stands out to to you about Brady? If, if there's something when people say to you Tom Brady, what's the first thing that comes to mind? The first thing that comes to mind is probably the 2016 Super Bowl, the the Atlanta one, the the 28-3. Uh, I was in the stadium for that game, and you you really felt a, a sense of finality when they're down 28-3. You're saying, "Oh wow, Tom Brady's had so many comebacks in him. He he's had so much success and led the the Patriots back from so much adversity, but even he can't." can't turn this around even he can't pull out and win this game Uh, and then he did and I think that's the game that really in my mind and and in the mind of a lot of people really solidified him as the greatest quarterback of all time and then I mean that was close to five years ago now and you look what he's done since he's won two more Super Bowls he's won an MVP he's come close to winning another MVP uh, through for 500 yards and a Super Bowl that he lost Um, just uh, I, I think the fact that that happened five years ago really his his status uh, as the uh, the greatest of all time was solidified, and then he was able to have basically another almost Hall of Fame caliber career after that. Uh, it just kind of shows the uh, the longevity that I was mentioning earlier, and the really the level that he played for such a long time. What is the level when he left? What was the emotion in New England? It, it was it was interesting. It's it. There's never really been much animosity toward Brady um, over these last two years. Uh, Certainly there was some of that. Some people felt that, uh, but it really was, it it seemed like more Patriots fans were kind of angry at the organization for not finding a way to, to keep Tom Brady and, and kind of letting that, that relationship deteriorate the way it did over the last um, two, three years of his, uh, of his Patriots tenure. Uh, and that certainly persisted through last season. The fact that Tom Brady immediately led the Bucks to a Super Bowl and the Patriots really struggled with Cam Newton as, a, as his replacement that year. Uh, but I think him coming back, Brady coming back for um, that Buccaneers-Patriots game in October, I, I think that was really a, a cathartic moment for a lot of people, both fans and Brady and Belichick themselves. Uh, they were able to have a pretty lengthy conversation after that game, uh, the exact contents of which have not been uh, been revealed. But it definitely seemed like that was a, a, an opportunity for, for both sides to kind of come back together and, and really sort of put their differences aside and, and move ahead. And, and I do think that Tom Brady will have some sort of a connection with the Patriots moving forward. Who, who knows what that's going to look like, but I do think we'll see – some sort of a, a ceremony, uh, certainly a, a jersey retirement or something like that down the line. Uh, Zach Cox of NESN, the New England Sports Network, joining us on the hotline. Was it just simply the differences between Belichick and Brady that drove Brady to Tampa Bay? It was mostly that, yeah. It, it was basically Brady just kind of being fed up with the the way that the the Patriots kind of run their organization 
Um, it, it's not the easiest place to play for a lot of players. Uh, obviously, the Patriots have so much success, but uh, but it's it's tough. Bill Belichick is tough on his players. Uh, he works them hard. He doesn't give out a ton of uh, uh, a ton of praise to uh, to most players, even players on Tom Brady's level. Um, and then there there ended up being some some disagreements about um, Tom Brady's personal trainer, Alex Guerrero, and and his kind of role on the team. Um, and, and it was a, a lot of circumstances that just kind of came to a head. There were some contractual things there as well, where Brady didn't get the uh, the contract extension he was hoping for. Uh, and it was kind of a two-three year boiling cycle when it finally just came to a head after that 2019 season. Um, Brady has has said that he basically decided before that year that that he wasn't going to come back uh, and re-sign with the Patriots. So it, it was it, it's hard to maintain a uh, a relationship like that uh, for 20 plus years. Um, I, I know a lot of Patriots players and certainly Patriots owner Robert Kraft would have liked to to keep Tom Brady in new England. Um, but, uh, the kind of circumstances came together and he ended up finishing out his career in Tampa Bay. So that being said, what, how much animosity is there to this day for Bill Belichick? The fact that they drove, he drove away Tom Brady, who then went on to say, Hey, I can do it my way. And I win a super bowl. You all, you sat and toiled away with Cam Newton. I'm hoisting a trophy. How much animosity towards Bill Belichick is there? Uh, I'm sure there are definitely still some Patriots fans who are, are, salty and unhappy with the way that it ended. Um, and I think, I think it would have been best for the team if they would have been able to kind of find a way to, to get on the same page and allow Tom Brady to finish out his career as a Patriot. But uh, I will say that the, the state the Patriots are in right now definitely helps that uh, helps matters in that regard where they do have Mac Jones, who obviously is, not a, a superstar quarterback yet by any means. He's still a developing guy, uh, but he did have a very promising rookie season, and I think a lot of Patriots fans can kind of look to that and say, all right, well, we don't have Tom Brady. We didn't have Tom Brady for these last two years, but it does seem like we might potentially have the next guy who, even if he doesn't become Tom Brady, which, again, is very, very unlikely, maybe he's a guy that can win us some games uh, over these next five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. So uh, I think the fact that they've got a, who, what seems like a, a pretty solid successor now in place, uh, I think it's eased a lot of that, um, a lot of that tension uh, that you're feeling in the fan base last year. And then the, uh, the next question I have is, and now you let into it a little bit with Mac Jones, Mac Jones, uh, when you look at his capability, and what he did this season and the fact that he started off kind of slow and then gradually they find themselves in the postseason. It's got to at least breed a little bit of hope talking some Patriots side of things. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, there are, as I mentioned, still some concerns about Mac Jones. He was good this year, um, definitely showed some some really strong flashes, uh, but he, he kind of struggled uh, near the end of the year, struggled with some turnovers, just didn't play his best uh, over the final four or five weeks of the regular season and, and didn't perform on a, uh, nobody would call him a, a top 10 NFL quarterback at this point in his career. Uh, I do think he can get to that spot. Uh, if the Patriots do the proper things to, uh, to put the pieces around him and he uh, kind of continues the, the development we saw so far this year. Um, but yeah, definitely a, a strong start for him, but uh, it's, you probably wouldn't call him a, a no doubt franchise quarterback just yet. Uh, but they definitely do seem to be moving in the right direction. 
Zach, good stuff. I appreciate it. Appreciate the insight, and we'll uh, talk to you soon, okay? Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks so much. There you go. That is Zach Cox. He is uh, he is with NESN, New England Sports Network, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. And just talk a little bit about the perspective of Tom Brady. He's right. Uh, you know, when everybody thought the Tampa, you know, Tampa Bay, the uh, New England Patriots were out of it against Atlanta, and then here comes Tom Brady and company, and they come storming back and ultimately win that game. Uh, that was not only the the legend on the rise, which I 100% completely agree with, uh, but it was also, man, it was almost the dagger in the coffin that was the beginning of the end of the uh, of the Atlanta Falcons. They have not been the same franchise since. In essence, he ra- he he rose his level of of legend and doing in the same thing just, just destroyed. Unfortunately, destroyed a franchise. And uh, and what has happened to to the Atlanta Falcons ever since? And Matt Ryan and company has just been astounding. Uh, so good stuff from him. I appreciate it. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, don't forget our friends over there at uh, Stenny's Second and National Walkers Point. Great place. Kind of like the Cheers of Milwaukee, especially with some games coming up. Downtown Milwaukee, they run shuttles to all the games. Always good to talk with those guys. And I know they were closed yesterday. They had a big uh, staff meeting, or not staff meeting, but a staff outing for all the people that uh, still come to work, by the way. But uh, but they're a great place. Also, our buddy Lyle and the whole staff out there at J&L Tire. J&L Tire is a terrific place, and it's halfway between Milwaukee and Madison. And they feature Goodyear, Dunlop, Kelly Tires, but they're also known for Lyle and his terrific customer service and the wonderful deeds they do within the community. Just such good people at jandltire.com, J-A-N-L, the letter J, and L-Tire.com. And if you're a truck driver, a semi-driver, they're highly rated when it comes to trailer repair, truck repair, brakes, oil changes, whatever it is you happen to need, uh, major maintenance, they can do that as well. They can do it all right off of 94 in Johnson Creek, just north, and then in Watertown as well. That's J&L Tire, jandltire.com. That is jandltire.com. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.